All right, hey everybody, uh, welcome to the Fear of the Fincast. I'm Jacob Suntermanji, editor of fearofthefin.com with Marcus P. White. <laughs> it's uh, January 31st in the year of our Briz Golov 2017. Uh, I uh, Four or five different times, absolutely, I did. What was your, uh, be- what was your best Briz All-Star story? Sorry to interrupt, I have to, we, have, we have to get to uh, that. Okay, my best Briz All-Star story, yeah. Um, uh, For those who don't know, Jake was at the All-Star game this past weekend. Yeah, I was at the All-Star game, and uh, so was Ilya Brzgalov. Um, <laughs> uh, my favorite one, well, my favorite thing in general was getting to hear his him speak live and in person. And yep. it was, uh, you know, the him coming into the, the Western Conference All-Star media availability and uh, having multiple reporters go up to him, to because he was there technically as a reporter, obviously. Uh, with the Players Tribune and having lots of reporters go up to him to not to really even ask him questions, but to be like, oh, Briz, oh, man, what's going on? It's like, oh, hey, guys, oh, what's going on? I'm just here to interview the players about, you know, yeah. see, see what's going on in here. Uh, and it was just, oh, it was just absolutely incredible. Um, and it was kind of interesting to me is that uh, the players, you know, so, so, some of the, the guys he's played with, whatever, you know, they know what his deal is, but they're definitely some of the players that are kind of like, oh, yeah, it's Briz, yeah, yeah, what's... Right. Yeah, he's a goalie. Yeah. yeah, he's kind of a weird guy. Yeah, um, and I'm not really 100 percent sure how to really deal with what uh with his with his deal, like what his deal is. Um, uh, probably my favorite thing is uh him going up to take pictures with uh Serge uh with Bobrovsky and telling everybody that uh, he taught him everything he knows. That's, that's <laughs> probably my my favorite part of the weekend. Um, so, so that 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 was pretty good. Really enjoyed that a lot. That's awesome. Yeah, so that, that was solid. Uh, I'm glad he was there. Uh, did you see him take a, take a picture with the uh, – or do a video with the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile? Yes, saying that the – whether or not a hot dog's a sandwich. Yes. Uh, he didn't even understand the question at first, which, uh, which well, he, I appreciated. He, was, he uh, was interviewed, like, in a Players' Tribute. Like, they, you know, they just went out to, like, New Jersey and uh, where he lives. And um, – they like just spoke with him at some cafe and one of the questions was like a fan Q and A. And one of the questions was, is a hot dog a sandwich? And he starts answering like, what do you like likes on a hot dog? And then they ask him, no, the question was, is a hot dog a sandwich? And he's like, Oh no, 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 it's, it's no sandwich. Like <laughs> he's great. He was tweeting photos with the, tweeted a photo with the bear, the Bruins mascot, like yep. after, you know, cause he was reportedly scared of bears and that became a thing. Uh, when he didn't, I think when he didn't want to go to Winnipeg, um, he said he said like he didn't want to go to Winnipeg because he's scared of bears. Uh, yeah, he's he's a he's a fun fun guy. I'm, I was nice to see him there. I'm glad you I'm glad you got to see him up close and personal. That would have been a highlight for me too. Yeah, it was. Uh, he was wearing some kind of a like a mock turtleneck, kind of a a crew sweater, and with that terrible haircut. And so he was very 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 <laughs> recognizable. Yeah. Um, and it's just like, yeah, yeah, you could spot him from a mile away. It was incredible. Uh, so that was probably my, my favorite, uh, you know, uh, recognizable player moment of the weekend. Because, you know, I don't recognize a lot of the, you know, I know a lot of guys were obviously very into seeing a lot of the, you know, uh, NHL greats and stuff. And I don't, yeah, you know, wouldn't really recognize a lot of those guys because uh, they were obviously just kind of wandering around as well. So, uh, how big was the, great. Uh, how big was the, um, how big was the dis- the discussion and the surprise about uh, Joe Thornton being snubbed at All Star Weekend? Because there was uh, 
there was a good amount of good amount of online uh, consternation. I know I fired off some tweets and wrote something for uh, Fear the Fit. Was that a topic of discussion? I know DeBoer talked about it and saying he was surprised. Uh, did that come up at all around the weekend? Uh, yeah, a little bit. I Honestly, I think that there was enough other stuff going on that people weren't really focused too much on that. And I think a big part of the reason that it wasn't talked about more was that those guys were there. Right. Um, you know, I think you have to remember that when you're saying that somebody belongs on the list, somebody that was there doesn't belong on the list. Um, so, you know, I, you know, it was brought up in the media availability, you know, Joe Pavelski was asked about it. Brent Burns was asked about it. You know, that's all fair enough, but I, there was not a whole, and there, it was definitely talked about amongst the media members uh, because, you know, there's nothing media members like more than complaining about stuff. Uh, right. So it was definitely talked about. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but I think most of the discussion probably was more based around, you know, Jonathan Tays and, and company not deserving to be on the list more so than anything else. Uh, mm-hmm. And just, you know, the the number of active players probably needing to be a little bit higher. Uh, but the name, it wasn't like specifically a Joe Thornton thing. It was, you know, you know Thornton, um, you know, Malkin, uh, uh, Lungfist obviously is a guy that needed to be on there. Yeah. Um, you know, I think Roberto Luongo needed to be on there. Um, you know, that maybe even Chara probably should be on there. Uh, but yeah. you can make an argument that all three of the Blackhawks players uh, would would not have been on the list without their Stanley Cup wins. Yeah, yeah, probably. Um, I I think Duncan Keith has the best argument personally. I agree. Yeah, um, and I think Keith deserves to be there even over Chara. But uh, yeah, you know, I think that you could pretty easily put, uh, you know, you could put at the very least Keith and Kane on there. That's fine. But you could also still put guys like Lungfist and uh, Luongo and Thornton and Malkin on there as well. Yeah. I don't think anybody would have a problem with that. You know, I think that that's, that's pretty fair. I think Kane has already done enough on an individual level to, to warrant that. Whereas Taze has definitely not done that. Yeah. Um, at least in my opinion. Um, because you can't, I think you have to separate uh, a, a Stanley Cup win away from what a player's done individually. You know, winning a Hart Trophy, totally, totally a reasonable thing to back up a player's spot on a list like that. Winning a Stanley Cup is not not a reason, or an Olympic medal is not a reason to put a player on a list. It's just yeah, I, yeah, I, I um, agree with that. I, I was, I wasn't surprised once I saw the uh, the uh, reports. The sport, and I touched on it in the piece I wrote. You know that they basically indicated that the six players were going to be at All Star Weekend in one way or another, and you figured Yager was going to be there. Um, I was very, very surprised, still though, that uh, Thornton didn't make the list, even even full, fully expecting that the NHL would and the committee would not have put him on. Um, very, just very strange. And I mean, I, he he's already spoke. He spoke yesterday in the media. He said, like, you know you hope you're on and then you're not and you're like, okay, whatever. Like he's, I mean, I don't, I don't think he cares about those kind of personal slights. Um, I wouldn't even call them slights so much, you know, hall of fame uh, admission though, probably different than getting on a top 100 list. And I'd imagine even though he didn't make that list, he's still, you know, a, still a top, uh, he's still going to be a first ballot hall of famer. Yeah. I mean, I think that, something like this doesn't necessarily matter all that much to the players. If you're not on it, I think it's a special thing to be put on a list like this for sure. But uh, it's not, it's something that didn't exist until six months ago. And so I don't think guys are, would necessarily feel snubbed to not be put on it. You know, it's an honor to be on it, whatever, but it's not something uh-huh. that like guys have been like, you know, working towards their whole life, like a hall of fame induction. So yeah, I agree. It's a different thing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Joe Thornton's going to be fine. Uh, and, you know, 
he doesn't get to where he is if he cares about this kind of stuff, quite frankly. Oh, yeah, exactly. So, exactly. so uh, right. So that's also our weekend. Uh, that was it. Was fun. It was a good weekend. Good, good times. The All Star Game format is is so much better than every other league's All Star Game format, which is like the one thing that the NHL clearly has on every other league, which is a a, a miracle. Yeah, uh, I was listening to an NBA podcast last night, and uh, ESPN's Amin Al Hassan was at the All Star Game, and he was like, "The NBA needs to like make their All Star Game more like the NHL's," and I was like, "Wow, that's." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Stop the presses. Because uh, the uh, the NH- the NHL, I think, would have had uh, you know the NHL just a few years ago. You would have said they have the same problems as the uh, the NBA in terms of lack of competitiveness and stuff. Um, you know, I think they you know they've been willing to experiment though. They did the fantasy draft. They've they've gone to the divisional format, the three on three. Um, it's, it's cool to see them taking some chances for fun and also cool just to see how many, uh, and it was cause it was LA, but how many, you know, pop culture figures were there for all-star weekend. It was nice. It, they had legitimate star power at the event, which I was like pretty surprised by. Uh, yes. Yeah, Snoop Dogg performing, uh, was probably did one he swear? Of, uh, he, well, what he did was he played, he did not play clean versions of any of the songs. Oh, beautiful. beautiful. On live television. Beautiful, uh, and That's that was beautiful. before the event even started. That was that was for the intros. Yeah, so, awesome, uh, and it was just incredible. Like, I mean, he was he was feeling himself out there. He was feeling absolutely, it. and it was that was awesome. It was like, oh my god, they got Snoop Dogg for an NHL event. Yeah, you know, good lord. I mean, getting Nick Jonas for an NHL event is a big deal for Christ's sake. All right, getting yeah. Snoop Dogg is Snoop like, is even bigger. I mean, I know he's a fan. Yeah, he was that- huge. Ducks had him out at practices like 10 years ago, and I remember that was a thing. So I was like, when they got him for this, I was kind of like, huh, they they actually got him. So, yeah, it, it seemed like a cool weekend. You know, um, Wayne Simmons, former king, getting the uh, all-star MVP, which I think means Philadelphia has officially won that trade now that he got the – Absolutely. Uh, sure. What, he was traded for Richards, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, they won that. They won that deal even before then. Uh, even if they yeah, uh, he got huge ovations every time he touched the puck. Also, oh, they love him. Yeah, watching. they I mean, love. I mean, how could you not? Wayne Simmons is what? Is, yeah. yeah, Wayne Simmons is like the. That's the kind of player that the NHL doesn't understand why its fans love, but its fans absolutely like. You know, that's the guy. That's the kind of guy NHL fans love, and the NHL cannot like wrap their brains around it because you know they're they're incompetent. Yeah. But, you know, he scores. Uh, you know, goes to the front of the net and hits. Yep. Like yeah, yes. And he's in the fourth, what, fourth biggest media market in the country, like yeah. And it's like, oh, I, don't, I don't understand. Why do people like him? It's like, well, he scores, punches dudes, and checks. Yeah, you know, he does. He really does. He's a throwback. No, he and he's the kind of guy twenty nine other teams uh, want on their team. Like, right, and twenty nine other teams team hate to play against. Who's available would be like, yeah, let's find a way to get. Uh, let's find a way to get Wade Simmons because and be awesome. he's undersized, which NHL fans also love. He's undersized, isn't he? Isn't he like uh? He's got. I, I, well, he's he's got a big t- guy, from what I can recall. He's got tiny legs, is what he's got. So whatever. <laughs> they're they're teeny tiny. Fourteenth in the league in goals this year, Wade Simmons. He's six two. He, okay, yeah, but he's only one hundred eighty five. Yeah, he's one eighty three though. Guy. So yeah, so he's, he's a lanky tiny. guy. That's tiny. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So. So enough all star. So we've talked too much about the all star game. 
All right, I'm sorry. We'll talk yeah, about the Sharks. I sidetracked you. Yeah, sorry. Woof. Uh, okay, so we'll talk about the Sharks now. Uh, yeah. Where do we want to start? Do we want to talk about the, the game tonight first? Yeah, sure. I mean, they, you know, big. obviously it's a big one every time uh, Chicago comes to town with three top 100 NHL players and their roster, something you couldn't say before the All-Star break. Uh, something I'm not sure we can say now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they've uh, – you know they've got um, they're still a loaded team. They're still you know they the Sharks played them at last in Chicago. Played pretty well those last those first two periods. Did not play well the third period. Uh, blew that lead. We were talking a little bit about before the show. Uh, bit of a different Chicago team than years past. Uh, relying a lot more on their goaltending I think than they have before. But they're getting great performances from Darling and uh, and Crawford who are I think when you include goalies who have played over like 500 minutes. They're both in the top 10 or 12 in terms of uh, uh, even strength save percentage. It's just, they've been done in by an awful penalty kill. And, you know, the sharks still are struggling a little bit with the extra man. Uh, this could be a game for them to, uh, you know, get off the schneid, so to speak, and uh, find the back of the net on the power play. Uh, it's, that's, that's the biggest thing that's, that strikes out to me. This is really a chance for them to uh, get back in. Yeah, the Hawks are not very good anymore. That that's my uh, that's my been my take pretty much all year, and it's just that they've been bailed out by a really really good uh, by good goaltending. Their possession numbers are terrible. Um, they just they just really are. They're a terrible possession team now. Uh, they're under fifty. Really in terms of Fenwick, Corsi, they're about league average, but unblocked which shot is, attempts, they're twenty, which isn't good. Yeah, uh, you know they're middle of the pack. Uh, yeah. They're not a good. They're not. They're. They're at, at best. They're an average team, um, with great goaltending, uh, which is fine. Uh, but you know, I think the biggest thing that stood out to me, and I know we've talked about this before, is that they've. Uh, I don't know if they're still doing it. I know they had. Well, last time we played them, uh, we're putting a Taze and Kane together, and that's a sure sign that this is not a great team anymore. Uh, the fact that they can't that they can't split those guys up any longer. Um, you know, and again, I don't know if they're still doing that or if they've gone back to playing Kane and Panarin together. Um, but that's that's not not great for the Blackhawks if that's still what they're uh, still what they're doing. That being said, the Sharks have only scored three goals against them in two meetings: one at even strength, one shorthanded, and one power play goal. The only t- the game they won was a power play goal and a shorty that uh, that beat them. The Couture scored the power play goal and Ward scored that uh, shorty. Um, I think Ward has scored like what two shorthanded goals this year, which is which is wild. Yeah, probably like two two of his what like seven or eight goals or shorthanded. Yeah, or shorties. Um, yeah. Uh, he stinks. He doesn't try hard enough. Um, so that's that's kind of interesting. I think the biggest thing for me, and I've written about the the Sharks power play uh, a little bit recently, is that they they need to start switching up that second power play unit. And I think it's time to really start taking that seriously. Um, yeah, it's got to start getting to beating a dead horse time here pretty soon. But I think that as people continue to talk about moving around the the top unit, I think that it's it's time to actually start talking about the second unit being the actual problem here. Because I think the the top unit is is fine. Um, the numbers look good, and honestly, um, I think by the eye test they still look fine uh-huh. because they they always look like this. Um, I think I talked to Joe Pavelski about it a little bit, and he said that uh, you know that that based on the metrics that they've looked at and he uh, wouldn't go further into saying what kind of metrics they look at. I tried to press them on it a little bit. Uh, Interesting. 
Yeah, uh, he did use the term metrics though, which I thought was interesting. Interesting. Um, well, we knew we knew there's they've been using. You know, DeBoer said that they use they use numbers in their in their scouting and stuff. I'm I'm absolutely not surprised that they're using it on the power play. Right, sure. and so I I assume he means um, you know shot attempts and scoring chances, and you know I'm sure nothing too fancy there. I asked him if uh, he thought that maybe blocked shots where they were having more of the shots blocked on the power play this year than in years past. And, you know, he said maybe that's part of the issue, but he wouldn't really commit to anything one way or another. He's a little noncommittal. Um, but based on what I've seen, it's, it's really just that, you know, their shooting percentage on the power play is 29th in the league. Uh-huh. That, that probably is most that'll, of the problem. That'll do it. That, that, that's the problem. Um, the other problem is, is that, Mark Edward Vlasic is taking a lot more shots on the power play this year. And he stinks. So he shouldn't do that anymore. He needs to be yeah, off the power I, play. I think that's the biggest that's the biggest point I I mean, I think he's I think he's you know, he's okay on that power play, but I think you just it's it's worth exploring at least, I think, a second unit with one defenseman and four forwards. Especially uh, with David Flumko, who's so good on the power play. Like, right. I don't understand the need for two of them. Um, and that's why you signed him, is because right. he a power play uh, presence. I, you know, the, I think the four forwards look his best. I know with Hurdle back that last game, LeBanc got bumped off the, uh, the second power play unit. I would probably, I mean, if, you know, if I had an ideal second unit, I'd probably have Flumko running the point and then, you know, um, I don't know. I don't know who you have in that and that kind of you know Logan Couture type role where you know he's kind of the other defenseman sort of on the power play. But I mean, you know, Chris really Tierney not. would be good in that role, to be honest. I agree. Yeah, I know, I agree. I know we have sold our souls for that guy to get a chance there, but yeah. he would be so good in I that role. I think he'd role. be great there. I think LeBanc is you know LeBanc is good. He's got good hands. He's good keeping the puck in the zone. I I wouldn't mind him as the fourth forward either. I think it's worth that shot um, on the second unit, um, especially if they can't keep you know that. They were getting goals earlier in the year from that unit. Now, uh, now they're not. So, uh, it's I think it's something worth exploring for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so yeah, so that's the game tonight, uh, Thursday. Uh, God, Thursday they play the Canucks for the first time this year, and they play them five times before the end of the season. Uh, Vancouver's a very bad team, and they know it. Um, I don't know. What they're what they're planning on doing this year? Last year they were very foolish and didn't didn't actually try to sell. Um, they are still technically in the in the playoff hunt. Um, you know they they could ostensibly make the playoffs. You know um, because the division is not good right now, and neither is the Western Conference as a whole. I think that would be a pretty big mistake. But the Canucks are a very stupid team. Um, they're only a point back of a wild card spot right now. Uh, you know, with uh, two games in hand on the Calgary Flames, it's really not outside the realm of possibility that they make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, and they they have you know really the 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 only guy they have right now that's really like a pending UFA. I'm looking at cap friendly right now is Alex Burrows, and he's got a no trade clause. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure they could get him to waive it, but he's getting paid four and a half million dollars and isn't very good. So I'm not sure what they could get for him in this kind of a market. Um, they've also got Philippe Larson, who's a UFA, and I don't—he's a defender, and I don't really even know that much about him. Ryan Miller's also a UFA. Uh, he's 36 years old. Did you know he's that old? Yeah, I did. Uh, Crazy. That's wow. Where's the time gone? Good lord. Yeah. Uh, 
Wow, they're still paying Roberto Luongo eight hundred grand a year until. Uh, <laughs> How's that going, kids? Retained um, salary. So uh, that should be an interesting game. I, you know, the, those teams used to be really big rivals, and now um, they're just so pathetic and terrible that I can't really bring up any. Uh, and all the Canucks I hated are gone now anyway, except for Burroughs, I guess, and he's going to be gone after this year anyway. Right. Yeah, I, I they're, all, they're all the ducks now. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, making that making that team a little easier to hate. Yeah, yeah, the Canucks are a weird team. Uh, they've hung around, I think, mostly because the Pacific is bad, not because of anything they've done particularly well. Uh, earlier in the year, they were in you know in the hunt, so to speak. That was mostly because of uh, how many games they'd lost in overtime, like how lucky they'd been to get the loser point uh, so many times. I mean. And that was early in the season. That really hasn't held up, and they've they've been playing better. But I, I mean, I this is just a team like I can't see hanging around for very long. Uh, you know, they're 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 playing better than I expected. Certainly, these last few games. But I mean, if you talk to people who follow the team, and you know, you go to Ducks misconduct, I'm sure they're not stoked that for the second time in three years, this team could quote-unquote, sneak into the playoffs and then miss out on a high draft pick. Uh, they're fourth to last in score-adjusted Fenwick. In score-adjusted Corsi, they're seventh to last. Uh, they're not a very good possession team. You know, they really should be looking to dismantle. Uh, this is a bad year to try and dismantle, as we've, you know, we've kind of discussed uh, because of uh, the expansion draft and how many, you know, teams are – just not trading and how inactive the trade market's been. You know, we talked about it with Tommy Wingles. If you have to retain that much salary on a guy um, just to get a seventh round pick, the market does not look very strong. Uh, so, yeah, that I don't said, think the gonna, I don't, can afford to retain salary theoretically. I mean, but it doesn't, doesn't hurt them. They don't need the flexibility, right? right? I mean, if, if right. that's what they have to do. That being said, rem- remember that the Canucks just signed Louis Erickson you know, to like yeah. six year deal because they think that they can win. So no, yeah, they there's some misguided, uh, uh, some misguided expectations in uh, in Vancouver for sure. Surprisingly, they're only a point back of the St. Louis Blues, which is shocking to me considering how well the Blues played earlier this season. They've been in a tailspin. Uh, yeah, for sure. See, I you know, they, it's also very odd that the Canucks are. This is the first time the Sharks are playing them. Uh, and, you know, if they take care of business against the Canucks, that's going to establish some distance in the Pacific Division. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a good chance to kind of take care of business. And speaking of, they get to play against the uh, Coyotes on Saturday at home. Uh, and that's another yeah. game they really need to, you know, would like to win anyway to kind of, you know, take care of some points there. Uh, they played really well against the Coyotes every time they played them. They just haven't always gotten the points they deserve because of, uh, as of uh, Mike, Mike freaking Smith. Um, they actually have, I, have they beaten the Coyotes yet this year? I think they're 0-2 against the Coyotes, but they outplayed them in both, both instances. Yeah, they are 0-2 against the Coyotes. Or they're 2-1. Two and, two and, uh, and the Coyotes have five, five out of six possible points against them in their yeah. four, three, yeah, yeah. five meetings. So that's, it's not great. Uh, you know, that's just the way the way things go. Uh, Mike Smith has been very, very good against the Coyotes, and I think, or I guess the Sharks in two of those games. I think the Sharks played a, a backup even in one of those games, to be honest. Uh, you know, 
wouldn't say that necessarily means anything. Uh, but again, that's a game that the Sharks should win for the handle because the Coyotes are, are, are truly terrible. Uh, you, you talked to Martin Jones handle. this weekend. He says he feels fresh. He feels good. But Aaron Dell should start one of these games, no? He sure should. Yeah. Uh, you know. Uh, I mean, uh, I talked to Martin Jones who uh, – you know, like after, you know, the, the I had been sending over by Brent Burns and Joe Pavelski um, and uh, where most of the media scrum is at. Martin Jones was sitting next to Mike Smith and most of the, um, uh, well, all, all of the media had basically left Martin Jones at that point. So like, oh, I'll go walk over and ask Martin a couple questions. And Martin Jones is not a very talkative guy. Um, so I walked over and it was like, oh, hey, you know, so, uh, uh How's it looks like to be back in LA? It's like, you know, is that a, is that, is that a cool thing? He's like, oh, that's fine. It's like, oh, okay. So, you know, playing out doing anything while you're back in LA? Any any places you want to go? I was like, nah, I usually just like hang out at my hotel. Like, wow. So you make like a million dollars, huh? Yeah. <laughs> you, are, you are the worst. Uh, I was like, okay. Uh, ooh. Uh, so, uh, where did all about your – let me work to my actual question here. Where did all about your fatigue in the second half of the season? It's like, ah, you know, Pete does a pretty good job of, uh, you know, getting uh, – you know, of, uh, managing my rest and, you know, off days. And, you know, uh, when there's a back-to-back, he has uh, Delo play the second half of the back-to-back. I'm like, actually, no, he doesn't. You've played, yeah. like, three back-to-backs this year. And I told him that. It's like, no, no, he, no, he doesn't. You've played, like, two or three back-to-backs this year. It's like, well, yeah. It's like, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, so does that concern you at all that you're playing the second half of back-to-back? It's like, no, I feel all right. Okay. He's so, a quiet guy. He's not going like, to give. He's either a liar, an idiot, or a sociopath. Uh, or, he's just, I think he's just very, uh, he just, yeah, he doesn't, it's like, doesn't well, be affecting him. <laughs> I, just, I just go out there and, you know. Yeah, I do whatever, whatever. I don't know. I, I actually have no concept. They just kind of like roll me out there on a little dolly and put me in the goal and then, hmm. Okay. Uh, unsurprisingly, he's starting tonight, according to Curtis Pichelka. And uh, Tomas Hurdle took took line rushes with the top line, according to friend of the blog, Kevin Kirsch. Um, uh, yeah, that, that makes sense. But I'm not surprised by that, to be honest. Uh, uh, did they say if Michael Haley's playing tonight? I kind of expected him to to get in there because it sounded like he was going to be ready to ready to play. Oh, I will. Uh, I will. I will check the uh, Twitter feeds for that. Uh, uh, yeah, Don's still dealing with some injury issues. Right. Donsko's not going to be ready to play tonight. And I know that there's technically not like an open spot for Haley, but just because, you know. Looked the same as last game, according to Kurz. Oh, okay. Uh, I was just thinking, you know, if Haley was healthy, maybe they would want to try to work him back into the lineup for a game, but maybe they'll save him for, for Vancouver. That that makes sense, too. 48-19-8, 12-39-89, 62-50-42, 28-14-16. Okay. The all math fourth line stays intact. They're doing it just just for plus forty equals sixty eight. Yeah, we we got it. We yes, thank you, Marcus. We're we're not that bad at math here. Fear the fin. Our readers Our are smart. Line. Thank you. Uh, man, it's too bad we didn't uh, we didn't ever get a, like a fifty seven twenty seven uh, like a sixty seven type thing. We could have had like a nice sevens line or something. Yeah, some num- some good like numbers lining up. Yeah. Although, you know, if Kishore played the wing and Bodker played the other wing, you could go 39, 19, 89. Uh, yeah. Yep. A nines. Joe yeah. Pavelski centering Melker Carlson and Tomas Hurdle, 48, 8. Oh, we uh, could call it the eight. we call it the crazy eights line. Yeah, crazy eights. Yeah, yeah. That's what those guys are. Head coach like 
did their lines like solely based on like weird mathematical like there were uh i used to you know cover the uh a minor league baseball team and uh absolutely like it was low a right so the lineups kind of don't really matter and they would literally have like you know video scouts and like clubbies and stuff fill out lineup cards sometimes like nah. really? oh yeah oh yeah and i won't disclose the name of this minor league baseball team for protecting the innocent but uh, uh there there was a time when i helped fill out a lineup card for this minor league baseball team wow did they uh, win that day uh they did and i uh will say that i used uh weighted on base average to fill out the lineup card hey there you go <clears throat> Anyway, uh, all right, we're moving on. Let's talk about uh, let's talk about the trade deadline that's coming up. Uh, this has been a big topic on the uh, in the blogosphere. Um, there are definitely some uh, passionate human beings on fearthefin.com who would uh, really like the Sharks to to make a move. Um, there's not they're not really convinced what move they want them to make. Um, there's they want to do something. Something. Do something. Some veteran presence, uh, or you know, something a piece. It's ranged from. Uh, Kyle Palmieri, who has to be traded every year or somebody dies, uh, <laughs> to uh, Yaromir Yager, to Jerome McGinley, to you, something. Some, or to Matt Duchesne, um, which is adorable but not happening, um, probably. What's, uh, what's your thought? Do the Sharks – let's start at the beginning. Do the Sharks need to make a move, do you feel like, at the deadline to no. be a contender for the Stanley Cup? No. They're fine. I think yeah. they're fine. I, I don't see any. Yeah. I don't. I really don't see any upgrade they could make. Uh, they're in a good position in their division. They take care of business against, uh, you know, some of the bad teams in their division. They're fine. I really think they're fine. Um, that being said, I think if you can get a guy for cheap, uh, it's worth looking into. Um, you know, uh, Kyle Palmieri isn't a incredible. Uh, player but that's a that's a name i hadn't heard floated out until i actually read your post uh yesterday um i know he doesn't compare great to uh milker carlson but that's that's it i mean if because he's is he an expiring contract uh you know what i'm i'm not 100 percent sure now that you mentioned that i i don't think he is okay um, i think he might be on a two-year deal okay because he's he's uh he's intriguing uh, I mean, I think he certainly plays a lot. No, he's on, he's on a long deal. Yeah, no. So I, that's probably unlikely. That's just something somebody had brought up, and that's why I threw it in there. Yeah, so no, um, I would say that's a I don't think Harrison no would want to get rid of him, but, I mean, he's a he's young enough, too, where I think he fits the profile of the Sharks' quasi-rebuild and, like, going younger. Um, yeah. I, I doubt they would give him up. I didn't realize he was on such a long deal. It's like a five-year deal. It's not yeah. happening. Uh, yeah, so um, – Jerome McGinley doesn't really isn't really doesn't really do much for me. I mean, it'd be a great story because if it was him, his Marlo, numbers are so bad. Yeah, it'd be a great story if he won a cup in San Jose. It's like who gets the cup first, Jerome McGinley or Patrick Marlowe When you know it's Patrick Marlowe. Yeah, Patrick Marlowe. Uh, yeah. and Joe Thornton at the same time. And then uh, they actually don't even let Jerome McGinley touch it. They're like, yeah, no, yeah. screw you. Get out I of think here. I think uh, I think if he ends up anywhere, he'll go out east. That's just my. I mean, he's gone. He's played in the East before when getting traded. I don't. I don't really see a team in the West. Like maybe uh, St. Louis could use him, but like I, yeah, I think the Sharks are fine. I mean, unless you can get Matt Duchesne for like very cheap, you know, we're talking like you give up, you know, one of the defensemen you're probably going to lose in the expansion draft, a mid-level right. prospect, and that's it. 
then yeah, I'd give a, I'd go for Matt Duchesne, but, um, right. If it's like, awesome. Oh, Hey, we'll give you Brendan Dillon and uh, Nikolai Goldobin and a pick or something. It's like, Oh yeah, yeah I, I think sure, I do I'll that. do it because I would call up, you know, uh, Tim heat or something and you know, okay, sure. Yeah. But I mean, that being said, quite frankly, I would give up, you know, a dude for somebody like Matthew Shane. I mean, oh, you know, he's I mean, he's the guy. I think if, if you're going to make a deal for, it should be for somebody like Matthew Shane, right. who's not only going to help you this year, but, but down I mean, the road, that, right? He helps. I he makes losing Thornton potentially uh, mitigating that. You know, the decline of Thornton and the decline of Marlowe a lot easier. Um, right. If you get a guy like Matthew Shane, um, and you know, he was arguably with. The only reason I can even entertain that because, you know, a trade like that is so unlikely in the modern NHL, obviously. And yeah. I know they happen. You know, they do. But it's so hard to make. They got Brent Burns after all. Right. It's that the Sharks have the defenders that they can make it work. I mean, they can trade. Like, if they can trade, you know, uh, a Paul Martin, which I think is less likely. But it's the Avs. Right. And you never know if they're really stupid enough to do something like that. You know, they have a Brendan Dillon, you know, that, that is a, a young guy that I do think it's – they have Justin Braun, who is a guy that the Avs might think is better than he actually is. You know, and they have pieces to replace them. I mean, I know Dylan DeMello is hurt right now, but honestly, like, that wouldn't be – that would be fine. They could, they could lose a guy like that and still be okay, you know. So th- there's reason to think that that is within the realm of possibility. Um, so, you know, yeah, but I really do think that the a tr- any trade the Sharks make should be more about thinking about next year than about this year. I mean, if it helps them this year, that's great. But the, uh, you know, I don't think that the Sharks need to make a move this year. Certainly not an incremental one because I really think what the young guys and Kevin LeBanc and Timo Meyer have brought to the team is yeah is good enough. Those guys have shown they're good, like, and they're cheap. You don't have to give up assets. Take a shot with those guys. It's going to be valuable experience. Um, yep. You know, I, 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 there was a good, a good comment in one of the threads on Fear the Fin. I, I forget who, who posted it, so I apologize if I'm not giving them proper shout out. Um, feel free to roast me in the comments on this. Roast him um, like a boss. Someone said roast basically, him. like, all right, the year the Sharks finally have, um, the year the Sharks finally have defensive depth, we're like, okay, let's, uh, who are we going to ship out on defense to improve the forwards? You know, like, I think, I think the Sharks should be, you know, Unless it's for a guy like Matt Duchesne, you don't need to do anything because, you know, this is the best blue line they've had in years. And, you know, looking at the possibilities of the expansion draft, there's a distinct chance that this is the best blue line they will have for the next few years, especially considering how much they're going to have to pay uh, Brent Burns. Mark Edward Vlasic will not be cheap either. Um, you know, don't, don't squander that unless you're getting a very high-impact player in return. Right. Absolutely agree with that sentiment. Uh, so kind of a segue from that, we talked a little bit about Timo Meyer and Kevin LeBanc. Obviously, Kevin LeBanc is the guy, uh, there's been some talk about maybe sending those guys down to the AHL. Um, obviously, that's has contingent. On, uh, in the, in the Well, yes. I mean, really, there has been, yeah. I mean, both in the comments sections. And, and uh, I mean, Kevin Kurz is a friend of the blood, Kevin Kurz, has, has mentioned it, at least right. in passing also. Um, more Timo Meyer, I think, than Kevin LeBanc because Kevin LeBanc has the numbers to kind of back up uh, his sticking around because LeBanc is six on the team at points per game, and I think you'd look like a real uh, idiot to send that guy down at this point. 
So let let's say LeBanc is is safe at this point because he's just been too right. productive, and you can't you you really can't afford to do it. And I and I wouldn't even say the curves has suggested that. So please don't be right. an asshole and go to his Twitter mentions and yeah, say yeah. that I said he said that because I'm not saying that. Yeah. Um. And but you know I I understand why people are saying it about Timo. Um. I still think it would be a mistake for a couple reasons. So let me let me give my my brief case. He's got four points, which is not very many, obviously, and I and I understand that. My thinking is that one, his possession numbers are incredible, um, and I understand that that's not everything. Uh, and I understand that the Sharks are looking for more production, even on their fourth line, if that's where they're going to play him. My thinking is that he does not have a whole lot else to learn or prove in the AHL, and that unless they have a guy available to them that can produce more on the fourth line. And maybe they do. Maybe Daniel Regan is that guy. And if that's the case, okay, fair enough. Um, there's no point in sending him down because I don't think he's going to get a whole lot better playing in the Barracuda. I think he'll get better playing with the Sharks. So that's my take. Yeah. I think yeah, uh, LeBanc talked about it. He was asked yesterday about, because, you know, he went down and I think on a, he scored on his first shift in the <laughs> AHL. And he, he just said, you know, it's, it's there's it's a huge the pace of play is just so different you know there's he said the extra few seconds you have you know give you a little more confidence on the puck that you could do more things with the puck as opposed to when you're in the NHL um you know team we've seen Timo you know kind of dominate at the AHL uh he is a bit a bit of a slump but I still think he's played well and I I I mean look here if if the argument is that he's replaced you know Matt Nieto or Tommy Wingles, and they're now gone. Um, you know, you're getting better. He's giving you more than Michael Haley would. Uh, he just is, uh, and so is Kevin LeBanc. Uh, I don't think it'd be very wise to send them down. I think the earliest they get sent down is if the Sharks get eliminated in the Barracuda or in the Calder Cup playoffs. That's I think the absolute earliest. Maybe if there's like an extended slump, like if if he continues to not score for a little while. I know he just busted the schneid against uh, the Winnipeg. Islanders. Winnipeg, yeah. I don't know why I said the Islanders. Um, I think they played the Islanders in a day game earlier in the year. That's why I mixed them up. But, you know, he had that nice breakaway goal. Um, certainly it'll probably help his confidence. He, look, he's playing well. He looks like he belongs. I don't, I, I don't think just using the eye test on those guys, you know, you watch them play and you're like, they are comfortable fits into the lineup. Um, Maybe they haven't grabbed the bull by the horns as much as you as people would have liked. Certainly in terms of scoring, I think that's the case. But um, you know, I I think he's an NHL player. I don't think there's uh, there's any debating that he's ready. And uh, the sooner they give these guys the opportunity to show that, I think the better. Um, and the sooner those guys are ready, the better. So I agree. Right. With you. Exactly. Right. Right. Uh, I mean, I, th- I think the biggest thing right now is that. Uh, you know, I'm looking at a uh, the Sharks with or without you chart, uh, which is you know the uh, kind of a possession chart um, that shows the Sharks, you know, both with and without certain players. Um, and basically, it's like the higher up you are and the farther to the right you are, the the, the better you know you are. And uh, Timo Meyer is the best on the team in that regards and possession. Um, yeah, even better than Tomas Hurdle, uh, which is really? impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he belongs. Like, the, the dude's good. Uh, legitimately good. And and the eye test proves it, man. Like, I mean, I, I think it's one of those things where people will say, like, oh, well, 
will try to combat stats by saying like, oh, my eyes are telling me something different. And they're actually not using their eyes. That's they're, they're full of shit. What they're saying is, oh, my eyes looking at this box score tell me. And it's like, right, you're just using different stats than me, man. You're not actually right. using your eyes. I, I am watching the games, I promise. It's just that I'm watching it better than you are. Uh, promise, that's what's happening. Uh, you know, it's fine. Supreme game watcher, Jake says. Hey, hey guys, I watch the game. I'm just better at it than you, sucker. <laughs> Suck <on it. laughs> the no, better no. Uh, you're not gonna watch uh, the podcast is almost over. Uh, <laughs> I I think I think I think we've uh, as Jim Harbaugh would say, we've plowed this ground as much as it's going to be plowed. Excellent Harbaugh quote. Excellent. Uh, ver- that's my favorite Harbaughism. I want to get that on a T-shirt. Oh yeah, I, I, I think any Harbaugh quote uh, would be great for a T-shirt. You see, his yeah, his yeah. named his son John Paul, and uh, he hopes that his son can get baptized at the Vatican when Michigan practices in Rome for a week. Jim Harbaugh's great, national treasure. What a fuck! What a sociopath or psychopath? No, a psychopath. Right? I got them confused. Do you think he watches uh, the Young Pope? Oh man, no. Uh, although I, I don't know. He's he's pretty hip with some of the stuff. You know, some of the people who they get out to Michigan, he's uh, he seems to be fairly hip. Uh, I think he. Googles I think he's stuff. watching Judge. He watches Judge Judy. Like that's his favorite show. Right. Like, well, I guess the Niners, he went to a taping with his dad, and that was like the peak of his life. Like not making a Super Bowl, not right. coaching his alma mater, like being in a taping with Judge Judy. Yeah. I think that he probably doesn't watch the Young Pope, but he's very familiar with Young Pope memes. Oh, for sure, yeah, that's yeah. my guess. He's and like we'll, see young, we'll see Young Pope memes on the Michigan sideline this year, but yeah. I've never seen the show. Yeah. All right. Have you watched the Young Popes? I, I haven't watched it. I have. It's good. You should watch it. You should uh, get hip with the memes. <laughs> I, I I know the memes. I just I don't watch Young Pope. Uh, I'm just saying. Uh, you know, I all I have for breakfast now is a cherry Coke Zero, and it's very refreshing. <laughs> yeah well watch the show and you'll get the memes baby uh all right uh do we have anything else to discuss about uh about the sharks uh patrick marlow could again get to 500 goals tonight and i'm uh he could yeah no he's two waiting. goals away there's uh i mean with this slate of games uh, it's well, coming soon uh, i i just hope it happens at home i hope it happens at home and not on the road i also hope it happens against mike smith on saturday oh that'd be great I mean, it'd be great for it to happen against Chicago. It would be great, but I really hate hate Mike Smith. Um, Hey, did uh, should we? Can I tell my Mike Smith friend story? You tell Mike Smith that at the All Star game. Did I hate him? Uh, No, I I didn't. Uh, I actually didn't even recognize him. I would have said, "Who? Who are you?" Um, cause Brent yes, Burns Brent. and Mike Smith, uh, chirped each other a little bit during the media availability and I actually didn't recognize him. Um, <laughs> I don't remember what Mike Smith said to start it. Uh, and Brent Burns, uh, I didn't hear what he said. And Brent Burns said, oh, look, look, oh, look, look, look at this Neanderthal. And, uh, Brent Burns then said, uh, Hey, if I'm, if I'm second on the evolutionary chart, you're third baby. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> then, uh, uh, you know, Brent Burns has that man bun thing going on. Yeah. And Mike Smith says, uh, "Hey, you got something growing on your head." And, and Brent Burns says, "Oh, oh, you're looking a looking a little thin up there, Mike." And uh, anyway, that was that was the end. Then Mike Smith walked away shamefully. That's great. That's awesome. Yeah. 
that's some high quality uh, chirp. Yeah, so I'm going to use that evolutionary chart one, by the way. That's, 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 that was, that's, that's, that's solid. One of the best. That's, yeah, so that's, that's intelligent. Like, that's thinking on your feet. That's, uh, yeah. that's good. That's going into our repertoire, by the way. Yeah, that we're going to use that in the future. So I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, and it wasn't until after, I was like, oh, I was like, who is that? Because I knew it was a player. I was like, oh, like, oh Mike that's Smith. Arizona Coyotes all star, Mike Smith. And uh, the most baffling thing to me was like, oh, people, players like Mike Smith? <laughs> huh. That's like the dirtiest goalie in the NHL. What's the deal with that? He'd cut your Achilles tendons before saying hi to you. What's wrong with you guys? You don't like him. Nah. NHL players are a bunch of weirdos. Who's to say? All right, uh, Marcus, anything to add before we uh, sign off of uh, this episode of the Fear of the Fincast? Uh, nothing Sharks-related, no. I, I got nothing. Oh, wait, do you have, wait, do you have something else? Are you pregnant? Well, Diego Luna apparently is going to play uh, Scarface. in the. I know, uh, but they uh, we lost Antoine Fuqua. At, and they don't, the have, they don't have a director. I know, but that director is very are, good. At least they're actually getting like a Hispanic actor to play a Hispanic part, unlike the first film where none of the actors were actually Hispanic. Right. So we will be less racist, but I am disappointed that we didn't that we're not keeping the very good director. That was a great director. Do you um, think it gets made? Yeah. It's a remake. Of course it's going to get made. This is a different thing. It's original projects that don't get off the ground. Good point. Come on, baby. Stick on your feet. Uh, okay. Well, then uh, we'll, we'll be back at some point over the next week. Uh, I'm going to be uh, in a... The six. Canada In the six... Uh, on uh, this weekend, I'll be at a Toronto Marlies game on Saturday. Uh, watch them take on the Syracuse Crunch. Crunch, yeah. terrible name. Uh, uh, Syracuse, wow, oh, what a terrible place. Who, who would ever go there, right? Uh, <laughs> it's it's yeah. some inside uh, inside baseball knowledge for the for the listeners there. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll talk to you guys when we talk to you. That's how we do it around here. Probably over the weekend at some point, though, if uh, Marcus's busy schedule allows. Until then, <laughs> he's a busy guy. You can follow Marcus at Marcus P. White on Twitter or uh, at LikeABosk on FearTheFin.com. Follow me uh, at Jake Sundstrom on Twitter. Uh, don't follow me on FearTheFin. Uh, or follow us at FearTheFin on Twitter. Whoa. You can do that. Uh, we're on iTunes by searching Fear the Fin. Are we anywhere else, Marcus? YouTube, I think, right? It's where they can watch the podcast. Did you already say that? I don't know. I assume if they didn't find it on iTunes, they're watching it on YouTube, but you can search. There's always a link. There's always the archive. So yeah, there's, there's a. There's stuff. There's all kinds of stuff. Are we, are we, do we have an RSS feed? Oh no, I don't think so. I don't know how to set that up. I honestly don't know. Yeah, right. What? What what year is it? Yeah, uh, that's a that's a reference, guys, to that movie. <laughs> Which one? I don't know. One of the ones where the one guy goes them. back in time. <laughs> one of them, you know, the the back in time one. You know, the time travel one. All right, guys, we'll talk to you when we talk to you.